This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by WPBoost.net. If you care about speed and conversion and SEO of your website or your clients' websites, then you better check out WPBoost.net. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Nate Gugia. He's a content creator and brand marketer at Job Portraits, and he's also the author of Nate is Learning, a newsletter by, about, and for professional people, people. So, Nate, uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is this is a great honor. So, so let's just start with, what are people, people? Who are people, people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, people, you know, that that is now expanding, um, I, I think, as like organizational culture is becoming more of a of a top of mind subject, um, especially you know with the with the world that we live in now. People are really thinking about how organizations treat their people, um, yeah. and so I think like you know this started as something that HR paid attention to, right. trickled down to talent acquisition and recruiting, and I think now across the board, function leaders, hiring managers, and employees are. Are becoming they're all people people it's just it's it's uh it's who we look to when we're looking at the companies that we want to work with and be part of like it's just there's a lot of pieces now to it so it's not just it's not just a rebranding of of hr right i mean it, it's I like it's, you have uh at the c level you have head of people right i mean that, that that maybe is you mentioned the word culture i mean is maybe seen as like hr is is a function still uh but that that head of people maybe is a, is much more of a global, like kind of almost like, how are we doing kind of officer? You know, it is. Um, I, I, you know, just, just to say too, I'm really happy that HR is rebranding <laughs> to people. I think it's just more like modern terminology that just, yes, right, right, right. I, I think HR has been uh, boxed in to a, to a role and a perception of that role for far too long. Um, but, you know, it, but if I look at like, um, the things that I talk about and the people who care about the things I talk about, um, the audience is pretty wide. And I, I've noticed that even, even people in the product world in engineering and, and, you know, uh, roles that you wouldn't think normally care about this right. stuff are yeah. really starting to like, to pay attention to, to what's happening in, on that side of the, of the company. So uh, you wrote a uh, you write frequently about, but I, I picked up on a re fairly recent uh, post using the term employer branding. Um, I wonder if you could. I, I know that big companies and small companies may look at those two things or the, that that term, you know, in different ways. Uh, but I wonder if there's first off, if you can unpack it a little bit, but also um, uh, maybe uh, let's talk about it a little bit in in terms of maybe small to mid sized businesses too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and you're right. I think, um, it does vary a little bit depending on the size and the maturity of the organization, but, um, but generally speaking, it's, it's the perception that both employees and job candidates have of what mm -hmm. it's like to work at your company. And I think, um, th I think the most important thing to realize is that that perception exists regardless of what you do. It's right. there. Um, and now employer branding is an, is an effort to, to influence that perception. And it's not to, to influence it in, in a negative way or a manipulative way, but it's really to, to help position yourselves as an employer of choice. Um, we can talk about ways to do that, but that's really what it comes down to. And I think it's that, well, what, one thing I wanted to add too is that um, 
now uh, the employee side is extremely important because there's a lot of ways for us to talk <laughs> and share. And, and so, uh, you right. know, employer branding for a long time was like, how do we market ourselves to candidates? And there has to be like close attention paid to how do we market ourselves back to our employees as well? Because yeah. they are really the influencers that drive a lot of this ultimately. It's funny. I'm, I'm, th- I'm harking back to the early days of social media when all these companies had social media policies. You know, yep. it's like, it's like you had to go through legal to tweet. Um, and you know, it seems like those doors have been pretty much blown off. I mean, that's a little bit of what you're alluding to is that there's lots of ways for people to shape the brand, if you will. You know, yes. Um, and there are still some antiquated policies that have not been reviewed in a long time. And um, I get messages from, from people on, especially on LinkedIn, which is where I'm most active um, that say uh, along the lines of, I wish I could do this, right? but I'm handcuffed by my company. And it makes me, it's mind boggling to me, but, uh, but they do still exist. Well, so when you, when, when you talk about branding, period, any kind of branding, you know, a lot of times uh, you're so right. I mean, that it, it is what the the collective market perceives, not what you put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, is uh, is there an attempt by some to take this concept and say, okay, what what do we want? <laughs> you know, the market to believe our brand, our employer, you know, branding is. I mean, is yeah. is it possible? Do people get really tripped up, I guess is my main thing, saying that they try to they try to actually make it something it might not be? Yes. Um, and, and it's easy to do. It's easy to just show the shiny stuff, the good side, right. the, all, all, the, all the great things. But um, there, there's an approach that I'm a big advocate for, which is this idea of like attract and repel, if you want to think of, think of it that way. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of this stuff has been around on the sales and marketing side. For yeah. Me. It's just marketing, right? Yeah. It, it really is. <laughs> but, uh, employer branding is, uh, is just, let's say, uh, they've arrived late to the party. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so this stuff is like trickling, trickling into employer branding. And it's one of these things where it's like, especially depending on the types of candidates that you're looking to attract more senior level, especially like they mm-hmm. can smell BS a mile away and they want to know like, what are, what are the unique challenges? How does leadership think like what, what is most relevant and relatable? And I think it's really, really important to push hard on the truth because um, volume, when it comes down to it, volume for a recruiting team, it's the enemy of recruiting. You know, it's just that you do, you actually don't want volume. You want people who initially resonate with this, with your message, good and bad, and want to opt themselves in because that leads to more productive conversations, higher conversions. Now we're talking marketing again, you know, it's like, it's, but that, that's really the name of the game. And so um, positioning yourself as the fun, whatever kind of organization just isn't working anymore. It's, um, it's really now coming down to like real talk. And that's what people are looking for. So, you, so I, I hear you kind of saying the good and the bad, um, particularly at a higher level. It's like, what really are the challenges here? Not the, you know, not, not the, the marketing speak. I mean, where, you know, where might we fail is actually a message that you can put out there. It is. Um, you know, one question that we ask um, when we're interviewing, because a lot of, I mean, the work that we do, we actually get paid to ask really good questions, ultimately, <laughs> and turn that into content. And um, 
one of our most favorite questions is um, when we're writing profiles on employees or leadership is fast forward two years and the organization is dead. Why did it fail? You know, and that's a hard question, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it draws out the things that are challenging right now. And, and, you know, you can really rally people around that kind of stuff because there's, there's somebody who can be extremely motivated by that. And those are the people that you want. And there's somebody who might take pause and go, you know what, like maybe I need a different type of company. Yeah. And I can go find that. And that's, that's actually, that's the repel part. Yeah. That's the repel part. Yeah. So, so where do you see companies typically get this wrong? I mean, they've, they've, you know, they've gone to a seminar or workshop and come back, you know, fired up with this new idea of employer branding, you know, where do they immediately go wrong? Yeah. Well, there's, um, generally speaking, they go wrong on execution. And, And what I mean by that is lack of, um, and the reason for that is especially like, you know, the world that I live in mostly when it comes to employer branding is, is startups, you know, usually mid, mid stage, we'll say like, you know, raised a couple rounds, hired a good mm-hmm. amount of people, but even for younger organizations, employer branding is usually led by a team of one or very few who are also managing a lot of different responsibilities. And so, but going back to like your original question about people, people, th- this usually falls on the, on the lap of somebody of a people person. It might be the head of people. It might be the head of talent. It might be somebody in recruiting ops who is um, just really passionate about this, who raises their hand and says, let me, let me take this on and give it a try. It's um, it, employer branding doesn't have the built-in credibility and awareness that marketing has at organizations. Whereas a CMO will have a team and resources and budget and all of stuff to bring it to life. That's what they do. Employer branding doesn't have that yet for most organizations. And so they'll get excited about the ideas, but when it comes to execution, everything stops because there just isn't the resources. And frankly, there just, there typically isn't the skill set to do it yourself. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor, The website has become the hub of your business. But if that website loads slowly, people, visitors, they won't tolerate that. And guess what? Neither will Google. It's become an increasingly important factor in ranking your websites, how fast your site loads. If you want to find out if you've got an issue with this, if you want to find out how to fix this, check out WPBoost.com. .net and see if they can help you identify how to make your site load faster. That's wpboost.net. So, are we sort of just talking about good marketing for hiring or is it more than that? That's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> uh I mean really, I, I that's the way that I see it. Is it Yeah. Yeah. Um I, it just touches a different side of the organization. And you know yeah. what? Now, even now with the way that buyers are, are thinking and paying attention to this stuff, because we have so many options as consumers, <laughs> right? There, there's only a few companies that are just like the option. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. for the most part, we have a lot of options. And so we're weighing in this, this cultural dynamic in our decision-making as buyers. And so I think there is just a lot of, a lot of overlap between the two now, between employer branding and and corporate branding, but, um, but I do think that's really what it comes down to. So this might be a hard question, um, without like going with 
an Apple or a Google, you know, is the answer that everybody would know. Um, are there some people that you think are doing this well? Yeah, there are. Um, I'll give you a couple like smaller organizations that do this really well. One is uh, Buffer. If I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with Buffer, are you? I was going to ask you a question about them because I think they do some things really interesting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that are interesting. Okay, so yeah. So, you know, Buffer. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, when you can go to to somebody's website or their career site, or read one of their culture blogs and just get them, mm-hmm. that's something really special. You you know they do it through their copywriting. You can feel the energy. You know what it's like to be part of that team. They they talk a lot about their remote work policies. They talk about their um, compensation plans. They talk about everything. And, and it's just like you, you read it and you go, oh, this is so refreshing. And you get who they are. And I think it's just their DNA. You know, yeah. it's not something that they're, they're contriving. It's just who they are. Um, so they, they do a really wonderful job. Um, there's a couple, let me see, a couple other companies that are doing a really good job. Um, Oh, there's an organization called Tax Jar, which is, um, they're a fully remote team. They're based out of Boston. Um, I mean, they have tax software. It's like nothing sexy whatsoever, but, um, they've, they've started doing a really good job of, um, of just putting out like authentic content, you know, things like that. They they put a lot of, a lot of emphasis into it and, um, they're a small team too. So I want, I want to come back to both of those examples, um, uh, but do you find that companies are, are actually able, I mean, this is always the question with marketing. And, and since we're sort of talking about marketing anyway, um, you know, how do you tie this to ROI? And I'm sure that's a question so many people get. And, yes. you know, a lot of times, you know, you've got to unearth several levels of it attracts us the best people, it, you know, all those kinds of things. Like, how do you get ROI out of that? But um, if somebody is saying, you know, should we should we put resources into this? Um, you know, uh, you know, like a lot of people, what's the ROI? Yeah. Or how do you how do you measure it at least? <laughs> yeah, that's the golden question, really. Um, here's how I think about it. We I, I, we can talk about it qualitatively and quantitatively. Um, when it comes to numbers, there's really only usually a couple things that matter. Um, and then there's a lot of breadcrumbs that lead to that happening. Um, I think when it comes to employer branding, especially for like mid to early stage companies, it's, it is a talent acquisition lever. It is designed to drive quality candidates. Measuring quality is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's, um, that's very like qualitative, but I think if you look at conversions to me, conversions, meaning a hire, a new hire is the equivalent to marketing's revenue. If you're just going to like grab one thing, right. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then from there, I'll tell you what I actually think is most powerful. And this takes a little bit of time. Um, so, so I just gave you the, the number, the, the number and, and, but I think ultimately it is, how is, how is what you're creating resonating with, with your audience? And the people who actually have that information are the recruiters. I think recruiters are the greatest asset to employer branding. And I think whoever's leading this should have a recurring meeting with recruiters who are using this to help to try to attract candidates to hear what candidates are saying, what they care about most, what questions they're asking over and over again, 
take that feedback, turn it into content, test it, get the feedback from the recruiters and repeat it because that's how you start creating for your audience. Um, and then the, then the other aspect of it, there's one more part to it is every time you create something for an external audience, I think you should share it across the organization internally because, you know, we talked earlier about some of these, like these big roadblocks that employer branding has internally. The biggest one is just a pure lack of awareness. This is new terminology that like people in my circle understand and get excited about, but outside of our little bubble, most people are going like, what is this stuff? You know? And when you can show something to people outside of your bubble and get them excited about it, that starts getting buy-in and support and people go, oh, that's why we need this and that's why it makes sense. Um, Yeah. I think you just described effective internal communications, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I did. Because I I think that some of these great examples, oh, you you used Buffer, so I'll go straight to them. I mean, I think a lot of what they share externally was stuff that just bubbled up in staff meetings. Um, that, That whole salary conversation, I have to believe that they shared that internally before they ever decided to, you know, make it, you know, public down to the, you know, actual, you know, number that people were getting paid. Um, and I think that they probably got so much buy-in internally that they thought, well, maybe this is a good idea to share external. I'm just, I'm just guessing, but. Yep. Nope. I think you're, I think you're, um, you're spot on with that. Um, I mean, I think there's a huge opportunity to just like, I mean, we, we talk so much on zoom and you know, now there's, there's so many opportunities to just hit record during meetings where you right. think you're going to talk about something that other people might care about and clip it and share it. That's the kind of stuff we're looking for now. Um, and we're, we're really set up well to do that. Yeah. It just takes like some creative thinking, um, but it's content marketing, you know, that's what it, it, that's what we're talking about here. Does it take guts too? Sometimes does it what does it take guts sometimes does, too, though? I mean, in other guts? words, yeah, in other words, I, I would think there would be some companies that would think, oh, I, I'm sure that there were people that were very turned off by buffers sharing of their salaries and thinking, oh, that's terrible. I would never want, you know, I would never do that. I would never want my company to do that. Um, now, <clears throat> I think as it turns out on the whole, they got more, you know, kudos than they did, you know, somebody is saying negatives. Um, but but for a lot of companies, isn't that the, isn't that the issue? It's like, yeah, we want to be more transparent, but like yeah. we're scared to. Yes, that's what it comes down to. It's a fear thing. I mean, we we push every one of our clients to be transparent about compensation. Like when they when they post a, a job description to to give a range, give a number, whatever, and hardly any of them do it hmm. because it's fear, right? It's yeah. like this whole fear thing. But um, but the thing is, is like that's a very major box that we need to check in order to know if this is even worth the time. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it yeah. makes sense conceptually, but man, the mindset is like, yeah, it does. It, it absolutely takes guts. Um, I, and I think the, the salary ones are really easy one to pick on because it also means that you have to actually have a rationale behind how those numbers were figured and you have to uh, hopefully be fair and equitable <laughs> in, in well, what you're doing, or at least be able to justify why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, yeah. that, that's the bigger conversation, isn't it? I mean, there was something, I don't know if you saw it, uh, that came out, mm, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe it was the, the founder of Coinbase 
their Silicon Valley startup. <laughs> did you happen to see that? I did not. Okay. Um, he posted it, it, about their new policy of basically no politics at work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he laid his case out, you yeah. know, and, and it was like, hey, if employees don't like this, we have severance packages lined up. But this is the policy moving forward. And he took a really hard stance. And, you know, like he, he got a lot of flack for it. But because it, like in Silicon Valley, that's like something you would really never talk about. But at yeah. the same time, he got a lot of a lot of kudos, too, as a founder. But I mean, that's an example of somebody really putting themselves out there. And I think as a result, they had like 60 or 80 employees that have left. Hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not saying like, what I, it's not about the messaging. It's just about somebody who's like saying, this is who we are. This is what I stand for, you know, and um, it definitely draws a line in the sand. Yeah. Well, I th- and, and, and I think that, I mean, again, I think what we're really talking about is authenticity. So if that's really who you are, <laughs> you know, then don't hide it. And same with, you know, you said that you think it's in Buffer's DNA. I would guess because that one singular blog post probably got shared about 20 million times uh, that, that that actually generated revenue for them by being yeah. authentic. You know, it's, even if it generated some negative comments, um, I'm, I'm guessing not only did it attract people to them, it attracted customers. I mean, I would imagine this isn't the first time that you and I have talked about Buffer. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. just like, yeah. and there, there's so much value in in this like peer-to-peer sharing of of names <laughs> i mean really there is it's like that's like you you can't buy that level of brand awareness yeah, yeah. it's really yeah but i but again i think you know even if even if i don't agree with you i think it's pro- i would definitely agree with the siding on being authentic you know, if it makes me, if it makes somebody mad, <laughs> I'd rather have you tell the truth. Um, yes. You know, and and I think that that's what people. That's why I, I think people can respect that um, and are looking for that. And and I think we're you know we're we're inching closer and closer to you know a lot of people accepting that. Yeah, yeah, we are, and I think um, you're you're right. We we accept that. What we don't accept is when you tell us something is one way, yeah, and then we get in and realize that it's not. Yeah. 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 Far worse. Far worse. Yeah. Far worse. So Nate, uh, tell tell people where they can find out more about uh, wherever you want to send people, maybe to to, uh, Nate is learning or any other uh, resources that they might follow and and, uh, continue this discussion with you. Sure. Um, So I I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, Nate is learning is my newsletter. That is a replica of what I post on LinkedIn. I realized Mm. that um, I realized like many months ago that, a lot of content just gets lost in the busy busyness of the feed. And I wanted yeah, yeah, to give yeah. people yeah. who care about my stuff a more convenient way. Um, and so Nate is learning is on Substack, um, which is the place to find it. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty yeah. active like every day. And we'll have, we'll have uh, links in the show notes for those that uh, would like to continue to follow Nate. So Nate, thanks yeah. for ju- or stopping by. This was a fun conversation and yeah. Hopefully uh, we'll run into each other someday when uh, people get back out there on the road. All right. Thanks, my friend. Appreciate it.